from Rays of the One Light, Weekly Commentaries of the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyanandaji. Reincarnation, the spiral staircase. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus Christ tells us, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. There is a difference between church dogmas, which are based on reason deductions from scriptural statements, and the pronouncements of wisdom, which are based on the inner realization of scriptural truths. Reason, like a train, can only follow already existing tracks of human consciousness, human experience. Human memory, being short, is seldom able to cross back over the threshold of a person's present existence. Biblical references to, to previous lifetimes on earth are overlooked in the deductive process, and we find them therefore excluded from the body of official dogma. Nevertheless, such references exist. The Bible itself presents them, as does Jesus in this passage, not as abstract teaching, but as direct personal perception of truth. In the same way, Krishna, in the Bhagavad Gita, silences Arjuna's reasonable doubts on the subject, not by reasoned argument, but by the frank statement contained in the fourth chapter of that great scripture. Arjuna, you and I have passed through many births. I know all of them, though you, O chastiser of foes, recall them not. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, as Raga was saying at the beginning of um, chanting today, that uh, coming here like this uh, to speak in this temple is, is so um, sweet to our hearts because this is where we started. And uh, so I'll try not to get too sentimental, but also I have to give a disclaimer. I've been in seclusion all week, and you're the first people I've spoken to in seven days. <laughs> so uh, who knows what's going to come out this morning. I've prayed to Master that the thoughts come out like pearls on a string, but they may, may come out, come out all rushing at once, so we'll just see what happens. Uh, but I was thinking back to that those first moments of stepping on this land. I, I came to Ananda through Ananda Palo Alto, and and there I felt, you know, such powerful and deep vibrations that, that it was my going to be my home for the next 22, 20 years, as it turned out. 
and and then I came up here. And it isn't really until you touch your feet on this land that you know what this path is about. And in that moment, you discover all that you are seeking, all that you want, all that you are. And yet you know there's going to be a little bit of ground to cross before you get to where you want to be. And I was, uh, since I've been up at the retreat this past week, I was thinking about um, the monastic training program I did and uh, some maybe 20 years ago, and I, I know some of you maybe even in this room today took that program recently, just this past week. Um, it's a wonderful, deep program because it teaches you, it allows you, it's like spiritual summer camp, really. You just get to be nothing but a disciple for weeks, and it's, you just bathe in sadhana and projects and seva, and it's wonderful. And... Uh, I was so I was I had some memories and it was it was beautiful because I was thinking of um, in this in this week I took a, a book that's going to be published soon Bharat's book on the Om I had the very good fortune of waiting to read a draft manuscript before um, taking the, my seclusion so I was able to read it in seclusion and so I was thinking of Bharat a little bit and uh, during that monastic program there was a, a time when he, he wasn't really well during that time, but there were a few sadness that he led. And one morning he, he said to the group of us, um, which of you knows how to chant? You know, I need somebody to lead the chant this morning. And uh, somebody said, I can chant. And, and they then they asked, what should I chant? And he said, oh, just chant to Divine Mother. And I thought, I want that. <laughs> That's what I want. And it was perfect. I mean, that, that was a, a, you know, it was everything in, in, in that moment. And I w- was thinking about this scripture of, um, in the, of the Gita this morning, that the chapter that that uh, is part of, where Krishna is saying to Arjuna, I recall all my lives, but you do not. Part of that, before that, that statement was given, is that Krishna is saying, I imparted this teaching of yoga to Viviswa, to Manu, to Ishvaku, to all this lineage. And then uh, Arjuna says, but you've been born recently. How is it that you know this? And he says, ah, I remember all my lives, but you do not. And how Yogananda says to us, I remember all the way back to being a diamond, now, yeah, we don't really know what to do with that, you know, but but he says he gives us a little hint that he says that the crystalline form is the is the material world beginning to come into consciousness, and and but Krishna is saying as as Master as Yogananda has said that he remembers their lives. They remember their lives. They took all of the steps across the terrain of where we're going to walk until we reach our freedom. They've walked all those steps. And that's why they know the path so well. And they can describe it to us so p- perfectly. And they, they in their um, vibration, and, and later on in that, um, uh, in that chapter, he says that begins the teaching about yagya and the, the teaching of self-offering. And that as we uh, learn through, through fire ceremony as a symbol of, of self-offering, we learn to offer ourselves so that wisdom can come to us and we can burn the seeds of our karma and that wisdom. 
And then he says, and you offer yourself unto the wise, and their power can then come into you. And that's the whole nature of our life as a disciple, of of those words that I, I heard on that disciple's face that just chant a divine mother, that we are we are offering ourselves in a very deep way. And it's and I was thinking of the, the lines from um, Whispers in the beginning where Yogananda is talking about the words on the page are drunk with ink. And we have to light them with fire to to bring their soul power, which he has given those words, off the page. And I was thinking that's just like our lives. They're, we're, we're drunk with our past incarnations. We're drunk with our past memories and, and the habits that we, that we carry with us life to life. You know, we wake up some mornings and we're just launched into subconsciousness. And some mornings we wake up and we don't. And we're awake and, and we offer ourselves more... Uh, with more uh, vigor and attention, um, and yet in this in this book that uh, this manuscript that I was reading, Bharat was talking about the sound of Om, which was so cool that there was so much Om this morning. Um, that uh, the one sentence that that she'll read in this book is so was so perfect, and it really uh, took that deeper into seclusion, was that he was talking about how the sound of Om comes from the positive and negative aspects of the atom. And when we hear the sound of Om, we're hearing the quiver of those positive and negative impulses in the atom. And I thought, that's it. All life is just a quiver, you know? <laughs> it's like it, we think all of this stuff is happening, but it's just quivering atoms. And it, and then I, I thought about all of the experiences we have. We, we meet people on the path who, who embody for us where we're headed. And um, they've, they've walked the path a little bit longer than we have, and they have those qualities that we seek. And then there are those that walk along with us and take our hands, and we walk together. And then there are those that specialize on di- in Divine Mother's perfect love the very attributes that we're wishing to get rid of in ourselves. And, and that's perfect, too. And we, and we think about all of these different situations and relationships that we, can, that we can come in contact with, and it's all Divine Mother's voice of Om. There just isn't anything else ever going on. And we find through every, every circumstance that comes to us, we're, we're just tracking it back to our home. In, in that stillness. Um, but first we get to hear that sound, that sound of creation. And that's what really begins to take us into a, a much deeper relationship into our soul. Um, I was, as I started the seclusion, I mean, sometimes I head off into seclusion and there's, there's a bit to do. And uh, so I hadn't had a seclusion in a couple of years, so I... I kind of said, okay, you know, you've got my attention. Here I am. Now, you know, lay it on me. And I, I, there were some things, some, uh, some worries, some anxiousnesses, of course, that I took with me. And I realized as I was praying, what are you doing? I mean, give it all to Divine Mother. Why should I hold anything back? This is your failure. This is your confusion. This is your subconsciousness. It's yours. Why quibble? There is, there is nothing but the quivering sound of atoms, you know, and it all belongs to God, positive and negative. 
And it's all being represented to us through the very goodness of Divine Mother, through through life and through all people around us. And it's so perfect that, that uh, Yogananda really wanted us to come together in World Brotherhood Colonies because we learn so much faster when we get to be with each other. And it, we, we see all the, the aspects of ourselves that we're, um, that we're learning about. And it's, it's perfect. Um, and yet the, the divine is just there, just always there behind our thoughts, behind our speech, behind our feelings. I was reading also a story of, that uh, Kriyananda tells of um, early on when he was a monk, when he first met um, Master, he, uh, he was, Master said, uh, Yogananda asked, he prayed to Divine Mother, who, who should I have come to 29 Palms, to the retreat where he was, to uh, help edit my works? And he prayed three times, and Kriyananda's face kept coming to him. But it, it turned out that that happened to be one of the most difficult and challenging times of his life, because Yogananda said to him, Work like lightning, but don't change a word. And what was he to do with that? There was just, you know, his mind had, had thrived on intellectual understanding. And he, he just didn't, there was nothing you could do with that direction. You know, does that mean I edit? Does that mean I don't edit? Does, if I don't change a word, how can I work like lightning? What am I working at? And so he, he, he had this time where it was really quite a challenge for him. He went through a lot of uh, inner questions in himself. And, and yet all behind, you know, just down the corridor, a few rooms down the hall, was Master praying for him. And at the very end of that experience, when uh, Kriyananda had assembled, you know, just stacks of paper of, of cut, clipping and, and pasting uh, Yogananda's articles, uh, magazine articles, and he'd 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 uh, taped them and glued them all to pieces of paper, and then the, he he knew it while he was doing it, it was it wasn't going to be used, that it wasn't really going to be useful, and and yet and at the end the secretary did end up just throwing it all away in the trash bin, but Yogananda said right outside the window in his, his complete hearing, loud enough so that he could hear it. That was good work. You shouldn't have thrown that away. That was good work. And that's what the master and the gurus are saying to us all the time. Good work. Good work. Just keep at it. You know, we're, we're just trying to learn to develop that sense of childlike quality where we can offer ourselves completely that as we go through this spiral staircase through all of our past karma, we begin to become more and more still so that when we visit those chakras within our astral spine, we begin to draw from them the positive, God-given uh, beautific qualities in those chakras as we get more and more still. And, um, and the, the, the presence of God is always there. It's just waiting for us to, you know, just uh, offer. We just really offer ourselves. And Christ, uh, Jesus says in the, in the Bible, it's the children um, come to me like children. Uh, it's children who have the king, kingdom of God. And we can say that in many ways about that, that sense of childlike self-offering. There was that woman saved, I don't know the whole, remember the whole story, but she was um, 
from in ancient times and used to go sometimes unclad, unclothed in her village. And the magistrate of the village said, you know, how dare you? You have to wear clothes. And she said, ah, but we're all, we're all women before the divine father. You know, we're all a female. We're all that receptive quality before that all conscious knowing male male aspect of, of God. And, and as we say in the festival of light that we give we give god our our give to god with all our strength our heart our mind and our soul and that's really all that we're ever trying to do we're just trying to keep that upward aspiration moving all the time so that we can begin to feel that um, that sense of of god that it just wants to come and play through us wants to come and love us i mean we all so desperately want to love and we also desperately want to feel that love of the divine mother as uh, Yogananda said to Kriyananda once, how can a little cup hold the whole ocean? So it seems a little daunting sometimes. I mean, we realize how utterly inadequate we are uh, in, in face of the divine, in face of the infinite bliss that we're seeking. And yet we have to become very small. We have to become very, very receptive. And it takes a long time to learn that because we're drunk with past habits and past lives, the past memories. Um, I was thinking of also during my time in the um, the monastic program, I was getting my. Um, I mean, this is some, at that time it was a month, so I had been bathing in just being a blissful devotee for a month and uh, just feeling so light and so free. And at the end, um, we were getting our kriyas checked, and I was in Swami's dome up at the retreat, and um, Anandi was checking my kriyas, and the conversation went like this. Here's me doing my kriyas, and every muscle is tense north of my knees. And she's looking at me, thinking, what? what's the problem here? And I was just... And then she, she, in her wonderful way, just starts curiously asking a few questions. And the way I remember it is she finally lights upon the one piece of information that, that's really needed to be brought out there. And she said, ah, because she started asking me what I do. I was about ready to go back to my job and my life, you know, that was separate. I mean, just like Sardoc and the peace treaty, everything we do should be serious and important. In fact, I am quite important. And that's kind of what I was, even after that month, I mean, you know, just a month, haha, like, okay, never mind, sorry. Um, and she said, ah, you think you're your job. And I thought, your point? <laughs> I thought we were talking about my Krias. <laughs> and, and yet, even as I recall that conversation and laugh about it over and over and over again, I think, you know, there was something watching there. There was something that knew, you know, what she was saying to me very clearly. But yet, I was still just too sleepy, a little too, you know, there was work to do. And um, and how we, we start sometimes is we get this wonderful kind of beginning with our the beginning of our search. And when I was a child, I, I used to... Uh, well, I, I was a child when the, the assassinations of, of Bobby Kennedy and uh, 
John Kennedy and, and Martin Luther King. And those really uh, hit me, hit me hard. And I was only about five or six, and I went into my closet, which was my little ashram, my little meditation cave. Um, and I would write on a little pad of paper that used to be kept by the phone, but to me it was my journal. And I didn't know how to write yet. I didn't know how to make letters, but I wrote like crazy, trying to understand what it is. What did I just get incarnated into here? Why is there so much suffering? And, you know, I was only little. And it wasn't until years later I thought, that's bizarre. How could I have had those kind of thoughts when I was such a small child? But yet there was something bigger that was watching and listening to all of that. And, and I went back to it years later when I could kind of just, kind of just pierced it through the, through the time. And I looked at that moment and I thought, what I was really thinking then was that people don't know their own happiness. And that's what started me on the spiritual path, was that I wanted to, I wanted to find out why. And, and, and then there's just this sense that there's this, these two realities sometimes going on. We have our, what is our, our, our former life of knowing a separate life from God, and then there is that all-knowing sense of ourself that is there all the time. Just like Yogananda, right down the hall, listening and praying for us, you can do it. And, and they're, they're just there. They're there ready to just give us so much of their blessings. And we are so ready to receive that. And in that, in that offering and on that road to um, learning about ourselves, we, we learn about getting rid of that tension, that tension I was feeling in trying to do my kriyas. That, that tension is caused by the, the spinning of the atoms, and when we get a little bit more self-consumed than we like, we start to feel pain. And, and that pain, one writer I was reading, pain is really just the birth pangs of love. That failure, of course, is just a stepping stone to teach us. And, uh, and as we, we learn to adapt to that, that there are certain methods of the path that we start to just get comfortable with. Okay, we're small, we're children, we're receptive. And we offer our earnestness. I mean, think of that, that time with, with Kriyananda. He, he didn't know what really Yogananda was asking of him. And still he offered, he tried to understand in, in, in the way that he could at that time. And at the end, Master really just said, I was with you always. I was with you all the time. There, there's never a need for a doubt or a wonder. I'm with you all the time. And as we get into that quiver, the quivering atoms in our life, just know it's Divine Mother. She's speaking to us through every relationship, every situation, everything that we encounter. It really is all one. When I was going back from the monastic program that time and I thought I was going back to my job, after time, you learn that there's nothing, there's nothing that isn't God speaking to us and bringing us back home to her. Let's meditate. <laughs>